Hello everyone, welcome into your weekly sports breakdown. I'm Asher, joined alongside by Jackson, and today is a great show because today we have another uh, two sports doubleheader. We have, we're going to break down week 16 of the NFL and then a special little NBA prediction segment. Yeah, we're doing predictions for the NBA also. So we're going to be predicting the top five teams um, in each conference for the NBA. So let's let's get right into it, Jackson. Um, for those for those people who, for some reason, did not tune into our Tuesday podcast special edition, go listen to that right now because there may be spoilers. But um, I'll just break the news. I caught up to Jackson a little bit last week in the NFL. I was ten and four, and he was eight and six. So mm-hmm. two weeks left. I am down by three three games. So I could could catch up. After could. seemingly an impossible deficit, I could cover it. So, yeah, should we get right into it? Yeah. Well, unfortunately for Asher, um, at the time of us filming, some um, NFL games have already been played. So we are going to start out with the Dolphins versus the Raiders. Um, you know, unfortunately for Asher, because he has less opportunities, I guess, you know, to um, make up the deficit that he's in. But... Anyway, Dolphins versus Raiders. Um, Dolphins projected to win by only a few points. Asher, what do you think is going to happen here? Yeah, so, um, yeah, just a disclaimer. It's like but the game hasn't started yet when we're saying this, so I don't want you guys to get any ideas like we, we're cheating or anything because we're not. So that's why we didn't do the first couple games, um, obviously, because we, we already know what happens. The the Niners upset, and then the Bucks just destroyed the Lions. But yeah, so we have Dolphins going into Las Vegas, taking on the Raiders. The Raiders have been really not great as of late. So yeah, yeah, the Raiders are they're seven and seven, and they have in the last five weeks they're one and four, and the only team that they beat were the uh, previously winless Jets on a last second hail mary. So yeah. they're in a Deep, deep slump right now. So, yes, Jackson, anything to say about that? Yeah, well, um, you know, Asher covered the Raiders, but I think that the Dolphins are severely underrated. I mean, they're a 9-5 and team, but they're a solid team. Um, you know, they're definitely in the playoff hunt. Um, you know, they're a little bit on the bubble, but they, they I think they're probably going to make the playoffs. Um, you know, they're just a really solid football team. They're 9-5 and right now. They're uh, – you know, just all around pretty good. And as Asher said, the Raiders really aren't good. So I think that the three-point um, spread is very generous to the Raiders and a little disrespectful to the Dolphins, who have proven that, you know, they're a consistently good football team, whereas, um, you know, the Raiders just haven't really been good as of late. So, um, yeah, I'm going to take the Dolphins to win this one and to easily cover the spread because I just don't think that – the Raiders are consistent enough and even in the best of times, good enough to overtake a pretty good Dolphins team. Yeah, and I will as well. So let's move on uh, before that game gets underway because we don't want to keep talking about it. Maybe if like one team jumps out to an early lead, that would shift our predictions. Let's get on with that. Yeah. Um, so the Browns going into New York, taking on the Jets. They're favored by nine and a half points. It is a 47 and a half point over under. Um, the Jets can't even tank correctly. 
you know, now they are, do the tie-breaking uh, scenario, they are actually predicted to be second in the draft, assuming they lose out and the Jaguars lose out, because the Jaguars actually have um, an easier strength of schedule, or a harder strength, or whatever it was, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so the Cleveland Browns are 10-3, and three. wow, they're, so they're, no, sorry, 10-4, and four, and the New York Jets are 1-13, so this is a really tough call, Jackson. Yeah, right? yeah, this is. Um, I'm still deciding on this one, actually. Yeah, I know. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely taking the Browns. However, it's a nine and a half point spread. The, the Jets can't seem to tank correctly. And, I mean, I think they, I think they cover the spread. So, so I'm going to take the Jets to cover the spread, but definitely a Browns win hand handily hand uh hand uh shoot I'm blanking on the word handily win no uh yes sure handily win <laughs> okay um yeah yeah um I don't know the Cleveland Browns are a very good team 10 and 4 the New York Jets suck uh, I'm gonna have the Browns covering this spread I think what happened last week was just a complete anomaly and the Jets had to win at some point right you know so um, yeah yeah, so I, I, I'm going to take the Browns to cover the spread. But then again, garbage time happens. Uh, the Browns have had some low-scoring games in this season. Um, so, you know, the New York Jets could cover the spread conceivably, but I, I, don't think it, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think the Browns are um, a good enough football team to where the Jets probably won't, but who knows? Garbage time, weird stuff happens. So um, anyway, moving on to the next game, we have uh, probably slightly closer but still not good game. We have yeah. the Bengals versus the Texans, with the Texans being favored by eight points, which is actually a little bit surprising to me. I thought that the Bengals would definitely be closer due to their um, very surprising, or maybe not surprising given this, the Steelers are playing so badly recently, but the slump that they're in. Um, you know, like the Steelers are in a slump, but the Cincinnati Bengals, they had a pretty pretty good upset. So, um, yeah, what do you think is going to happen here, Asher? Yeah, so I don't. I think that's an anomaly. I think the Steelers, something's happening right now with them. Their offense just can't get it together. Yeah. That being said, I don't think the Bengals can really say anything. They they came into that game with a five game losing streak. The Houston Texans almost pulled it out against the Colts. They they only lost by seven points. Yeah, um, twice they almost pulled it out against the Colts. Twice they twice it was a one score game against the Colts, mm -hmm. and they destroyed the Lions. Yes, they they got crushed by the Bears, but the Bears defense is. The Bears are a lot better than people give them credit for. It's yeah. just like they had a terrible Including quarterback. Us in the season. <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah. So I mean, in their last, going back to Week Nine, I mean, they beat the Jaguars, barely lost to the Browns, beat the Patriots, crushed the Lions, and then had two games where they were hanging in it with the Colts, and then one game where they lost to the Bears. So yeah, so the Texans team, you know, they're four and ten, but they were. They were uh, zero and four to start the season, so it's more like four and six, I believe, since they fired their Bill O'Brien, their terrible coach and GM. So yeah, so this Texans team is not bad. Mm -hmm. uh, Deshaun Watson is an MVP caliber QB. Uh, who do the Bengals have? Ryan Finley is not. So <laughs> I'm going to take the Texans, and they cover the spread. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think the Bengals just kind of suck now. Um, as yeah. we've seen in the past few weeks, with the exception of last week, the Texans, um, 
you know, they're not the best team in the league by any means. They're probably below average team, but they can, they can, um, you know, do some stuff against uh, solid teams, which we've seen against the Colts. So, um, you know, they're not completely, completely horrible like the Bengals are. So I'm going to take them to win and to cover the spread. Yeah, so now moving on, we have a very interesting game. The mm-hmm. Indianapolis Colts going into Pittsburgh, taking on the Steelers, are in a three-game losing losing streak in a terrible slump right now. Yeah. And the Colts are actually one-and-a-half-point road favorites in Pittsburgh. And now this is the most intriguing part. It's a 44-and-a-half-point over-under, which is wow. very, very low. It's one of the lowest on the week. So, yeah, so Jackson, what do you think? Yeah, so um, I'm going to take the Steelers on this one. And my reasoning for this okay. is that, yes, they've been in a slump, but we thought they were the best football team in the league at one point. That was granted mainly because of their defense, but I think that their offense will be able to pull it out against um, the Colts. And, you know, when you look at the Colts thus far, they haven't been doing the best recently either. I mean, blowout loss to the Titans – Barely won to the Texans, beat the Raiders. Okay, who cares? Um, barely won to the Texans again. So, I don't know. Um, they are still a very good team, but um, they're a far cry from, you know, the Super Bowl contenders that we thought they would be, um, like, at, towards the beginning of the season. So, I am going to take the Steelers in this one. I think that they have a really good defense. Um, when you look at both of these teams, they're pretty similar, actually. Both have really good defenses. Both have not the best offenses. Um, but I think that at what they do, the Steelers are just better. Better defense than the Colts. And their offense, I don't think it's better than the Colts. But I think that their defense will get the job done against a Colts offense that is not great. And, you know, the Steelers, even though they are have not been doing very well recently, I think they're going to pull it together in this game. You know, I think the past few games – you know, they were, they were against weaker teams um, with the exception of the Bills, but I think that it's this, this is like a wake-up call um, and they're going to they're gonna start pulling it to, together on um, on offense. So I, I'm taking the Steelers to win this one and what is considered, um, you know, technically an upset, but what I think would not um, really be that surprising to a lot of people. Okay, yeah, so this is where, this is the first game where Jackson and I are going to disagree and I just don't see what Jackson is seeing in the Steelers right now. They're, they let up 27 points to the Bengals. The Steelers are not the formidable defense that they have been throughout the entire season. Uh, 23 points to the football team, 26 to the Bills, 27 to the Bengals. Now, the Steelers are just, I mean, they're not that good right now. I mean, their their offense is terrible as of late, and their defense has been Still good, still a top 10 defense, but I mean, when you're looking at these two teams, the Colts and the Steelers are both known because are bo- are both uh, have their record uh, 10 and 4 and 11 and 3, respectively, because they are two of the top three defenses in the league, probably. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think defense is a real issue for either team. However, I think the deciding factor in this game is going to be offense and the Colts are putting up points on the board, and the Steelers just aren't. So I'm going to take the Colts because, like I said, just both defenses are solid, but the Colts' offense will get it done. The Steelers 
they need to figure something out because they clearly can't. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I guess we're disagreeing on that one. Um, yeah. You know, Asher thinks that the Steelers slump is going to carry forward. I disagree. But anyway, moving on to the next game, we have a less exciting game, the Chicago Bears versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, with the Bears projected to win by seven and a half points. What do you think is going to um, happen here? Yeah, so I think it's going to be exactly what the the spread says. I think the Bears win. They win handily. They win by seven, eight points. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the Bears to cover the spread, but it's not an exciting game. The Bears have won, what is it? They're, they're seven and seven now, and they've won two games in a row. They almost beat the Lions. They kind of, no, they got destroyed by the Packers, but Bears are not as terrible as everyone says they are. They had lost six games in a row, and then they crushed the Texans, and they handily beat the Vikings in the last two games. The Jaguars are 1-13 with 13 games lost in a row. I, yeah. The Bears aren't going to lose. They're going to win by a touchdown or two. So I'm going to take them to cover the spread. I wouldn't be that surprised if the Jaguars hang in it because, uh, well, the Jaguars are terrible. They, um, oh, well, never mind. I can't really say that. Their average point differential is mine is negative 10 so they, they are on average they lose by 10 points but sorry forget that stat the jaguars um they suck and the bears don't so the bears are gonna win yeah agreed um the only way that the jaguars cover the spread is for some through some like weird garbage time thing um which yes. i don't think is gonna happen i think that the bears have um they they've had a high scoring offense um in the past few games which is surprising and their defense won't cause any worries so you know, as long as they are able to produce against a weak Jaguars team, which I'm pr- relatively sure they will, um, their defense should probably prevent the Jaguars from coming within uh, seven and a half points. But anyway, moving on to the next game, which is an exciting game for me. We have the Panthers versus the Washington football team. But the football team projected to win by two and a half points. So what do you think is going to happen here, Asher? Yeah, I think the football team wins and they win by like a, a field goal. I just the Panthers are just so up and down. I you can't really predict the Panthers. They're I mean, it's just yes, the Panthers have have lost on an on average by two and a half points. Um they are four and ten. It's just I mean look, they're up, they're down, they almost beat the Chiefs, they got blown up by the Bucks, they blow up the Lions, they uh, lose in a comeback victory to the Vikings, um, they somehow get upset by the Broncos, they stay in it with the Packers, it's just up, down, left, right, you can never tell with the Panthers, but I know what the football team is going to do, they're going to play a lot of defense, they're going to put up like 20 points, and so I'm going to take them to win. The yeah, agreed, I think that the football team, um, with Alex Smith back in, they are actually, in my opinion, a very good team, um, I think that they are well above average when they have Alex Smith, when they have somebody who's actually competent at quarterback. Yes. Um, yeah, they're, they're actually a good team. So, um, and I, I think that even an unbiased person would say that, you know, but made it close with this against the Seahawks um, with Dwayne Haskins as quarterback. That That's that's not an easy thing to do. Um, I think their defense will be able to handle, uh, you know, an inconsistent Panthers offense. And their their offense will be better than it has been recently. So yeah, I'm gonna yes. take them to win this one uh, pretty easily, covering the spread for sure. Um, 
So now the next game is a pretty boring game. Um, we have the Ravens projected to win by a whopping 11 points to the Giants, which I, I've got to say I'm a little surprised by the um, the magnitude of this spread. But, Asher, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, so, I mean, the Ravens are really good. They're mm-hmm. – um, they're – what is it in the playoffs right now? They're going to be like, they're in like the seventh seed right now, I believe. And they're tied for the, they're nine and five. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in a good position. I believe yeah, that they are. I believe they're going to win. They're going to win this game. Well, not believe. I, I know they're going to win this game. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Look, they beat the Jaguars 40 to 14. They beat the Cowboys 34 to 17. Um, I think that's the type of game you're going to see here. The Giants are, Quickly falling out of their division race, even though they're a game behind, having lost the past two games. Um, yeah, I mean the the Giants are just not good. They're they got blown up by the Cardinals, blown up by the the Browns after somehow beating the Seahawks, and I just see them losing and losing by a lot to the Ravens. So I'm gonna take the Ravens to win and cover the spread. Yeah, um, I'm gonna agree with Asher on this one. Um... Uh, except for the spread, actually. I think that the um, the Giants might actually surprise people and cover an 11-point spread. I know they haven't been good in past weeks, um, in the past few weeks, but, you know, they um, they did upset the Seahawks, which is good, I guess. Um, and even though they're not great, they're not good, actually. I'll take it. Yeah, they're not good. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're not the worst team. Um, on the other hand, their defense can be effective at times. So, you know, if they have an effective defensive game, they could bring this game to a touchdown, you know. Okay. Um, even though yeah, I, see, I see that. Yeah, like they've been hot on offense, but that could happen. So I'm going to take them to cover the spread on this one. But then again, would not be surprised at all if they don't um, cover. And the Ravens are definitely going to win this one. The Ravens are um, they, either they're in a streak now or they were in a slump earlier on. I don't really know. But the Ravens are definitely a playoff-level team, whereas the Giants are most definitely not. So I'm going to take the Ravens for this one. Um Next one, we have another very like similar game, except even worse. Um, we have the Falcons versus the yeah. Chiefs. I was a little surprised to find out that the spread was actually lower on this game or smaller on this game than it was on the last game because I think the Falcons are worse than the Giants and the Chiefs are better than the Ravens. But um, it's a 10.5-point spread. This time, yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs to cover the spread because the Falcons suck. They they just can't win against anybody. Um the Chiefs are yeah. really good. They win against everybody. So, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, the the spread was at 10.5 points. Now, this is just purely based on their, on their last couple games. In the last three games, the Falcons have lost by an average of four points, uh, three, four, and five. In the last three games, the Chiefs have won by an average of five points, uh, six, six, three. So, mm-hmm. put that together, this game is decided by about, about a touchdown. Well, the Chiefs are a lot better team than the Falcons, so I think it's like yeah. a touchdown. But I'm going to take the Falcons to cover the spread. I think maybe they get out to a hard, hot start, and then the Chiefs become the Chiefs again, and they go on a run. They they win the game. They're 13-1. and one. They're going to be 14-1 and one after this game, so I'm going to take them to win. However, it's a 10.5-point spread, so I'm going to take the Falcons to cover the spread, uh, surprisingly, I think, in my opinion. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So anyway, moving on to the next game, we have a better game with the Chargers versus the Broncos. Now, this is a three-point spread. 
with the Chargers predicted to win by a field goal. And I'm going to agree on that um, because I think that the Broncos just suck. Um, you know, they got blown out by the Bills, um, blown out by the Saints. They're just – they're a very inconsistent team. They can make games close sometimes and even one against the Panthers, but I wouldn't say that's incredibly impressive. Um, Panthers another very inconsistent team. So that one is kind of a toss-up, I guess. Um the Broncos just kind of suck, and the Chargers are also pretty inconsistent. But I think that they've proven um, in recent weeks that, you know, they're not as bad as people thought. They beat the Raver, Ra- Ra- Raiders. Sorry. They beat Raiders. the Falcons. Um, got destroyed by the Patriots. Okay. Before that, it wasn't looking too good for them. But um, still not looking too good for them. No offense to Asher. But still, the Chargers are a better team than I think people give them credit for. Um, but their games are very close. So I'm going to say that the Falcons actually cover a small three-point spread. I think it's uh, not Falcons. What am I saying? My bad. The Broncos cover Broncos. a small three-point spread. Um, you know, um, but I think that the Chargers are definitely going to win this one. Just a regular Chargers close game that they end up pulling out. I'm actually not sure if that's regular, but regular as of late. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So both teams are five and nine and the Broncos are five and nine, and they have they lost last last week in, in an embarrassing fashion to the Bills, forty eight to nineteen, and they somehow beat the Panthers, but then they lost to the Chiefs and got blown up by the Saints. Granted, they didn't have a quarterback for that game, but um, yeah, so the Broncos are just not a good football team, and their five and nine record I think is a little bit overinflated. I don't think they should have beaten the Dolphins. I don't think they should have beaten the Panthers. You get the picture. I don't think they should have beaten the Chargers back in Week Eight. That that game still is uh, stinging in recent memory for me. But yeah, I think that the Chargers look. They have a little win streak going. They won their last two games somehow, both close games. And I think they just the Broncos are just really bad, and the Chargers have the talent. They just their coaches seem to try and uh, let the other team win. However, um, I think Justin Herbert can hopefully like embarrass this Broncos defense in this game and the Chargers win. Look, the Chargers have a better offense than the Broncos and a better defense. They've been, they've been uh, scoring more points and letting in less points. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happens this game. I think it's like, it's a 49 point over under. I'm going to say it's like 26, 20 Chargers. That would be my prediction if I had to put a score on it, but I think the Chargers win and they cover the spread hopefully, so they can finally get towards the range of, like, a med team at a 6-9 record. Okay, fair enough. Okay, moving on to the next game, we have a very exciting game, an interdivisional yes, very exciting. Two of the better teams in the league, the Rams yeah. coming off, yeah, a devastating loss to the Jets, and the Seahawks coming off uh, an unimpressive win to an injured Washington football team. So... Quotes injured. Um, yeah, so the Seahawks, I mean, they're so inconsistent. It's really, really weird. I mean, Seattle is, I mean, look, they average 29.5 points per game. They're one of the best offenses in the league. And they are just, they're, I don't know, it's weird. Seattle is just up and down the entire time. They it feels like 
Oh, they scored 40. Oh, they scored 12. Oh, they scored 50. Oh, they scored zero. I don't Well, not that much, but you get the picture. <laughs> and look, I don't think, I think Seattle is, they're a good team. And they just, they need to figure out a coaching scheme that's, that's going to work. You know, at the beginning, they, they let Russell Wilson throw the ball, like the second most in the league and everything was working. They were undefeated. And then they start trying to establish the run, but then, oh, wait, they're not. And then uh, they start losing games. So I, I think the Seahawks need to kind of pull it together from a coaching standpoint. That being said, the Rams have uh, just embarrassed themselves completely with a loss to the Jets. And yes, they ran all over the Patriots and won that game. They also beat the Cardinals. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Rams are good team. This is such a hard game to pick, but I I believe the Seahawks would win this game because I think they're uh they're just I don't know. I mean, they have the better offense and the Rams are inconsistent, the Seahawks are inconsistent, but I think this is a game where the Seahawks pull it out and they win. Okay, interesting. Well, I'm actually going to contradict Asher on this one and take the okay. Rams. And my reasoning for this is that I just have more faith in the Rams as a team. When you look at their schedule, they have had some really disappointing losses, yeah. as they had last week. But they've had some impressive wins. They um, beat the Cardinals by 10 points. They beat the Buccaneers. They beat the Seahawks in their previous matchup, which says something about how the two teams um, play against each other. Um, you know, they they it's a very interesting um, story, very similar story, because both teams are inconsistent. The Rams... One day, you know, they'll, like, be losing to the Niners. And then the next, they'll be beating the Cardinals pretty easily. So that's a little weird. Um, but, you know, um, it really – it's really hard to pick this matchup because yes, the C- they're both so inconsistent. It's just like, are the Seahawks going to have one of their 40-point games? Um, and – you know, are the Rams going to score above 25 points? Because if the Rams can score above 25 points, they can hold their opponents to under that amount most of the time. So then that's good for them. But the question is, can they get like an offense going? And can the Seahawks, you know, are they going to have one of their up games or are they going to have one of their down games? They didn't have one of their up games last time against the Rams. Um, and they didn't have one last week. So, you know, that's a little conflicting. Do the Rams have some sort of, you know, antidote in their good defense to the Seahawks, maybe. Um, but are the Seahawks due for another big game against, um, you know, because like they didn't have one last week? Maybe that, that might be so as well. But um, so it's a really, it's a really tough task to predict this one, but I'm going to go with the Rams here just because um, mainly going off the fact that they recently beat the Seahawks and also just that, I don't know. I just, I have a little more faith in them. I think they're a little less inconsistent. I think that their defense is consistently good. Whereas the Seattle's defense is not that good. Um, and that should be good. Um, you know, it's just a good way to foil the Seahawks and try to force them into one of their little slumps in which they won't be able to score a lot of points. And really if the Rams can just pull it together, score above 25 points, I think this game is theirs. So um, okay. I'm going to take the Rams with this one, but it's it's a tough game to pick. Very okay, tough. I have I have one 
more interesting little stat here. The Rams um, uh, opponents score on average 14 and a half points on them when they're at home. It's 24 points when they're on the road. Ooh. And they're in Seattle for this game. Okay. The Seahawks um, average 31 points when they're at home and 28 points when they're on the road. The Seahawks are at home. So, these signs, like all of the signs, the statistics, the averages point to the Seahawks scoring a lot and the Rams not scoring. Although, the Rams do average 28 points on the road compared to 21 at home. However, Seattle at home um, lets in 22 points compared to 26 points on the road. So, I mean, a lot of signs point to Seattle having a lot of success and kind of keeping the Rams to an average game for scoring. I mean, the Rams, I think it's a pretty high-scoring game compared to the game in Los Angeles. And I just see the Seahawks winning. It's a close game, though. And close games are really good for Russell Wilson and, I guess, really bad for Jared Goff as evidence when they lost to the Jets last week in a close game. Yeah, well, you know, they also beat the Bucks, but whatever. Uh the Bucks, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's going to be a close one. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. So stay tuned for that one. That is going to be a very, very interesting game. That can have some major playoff implications. So Yeah, yeah uh, I think the winner of that game pretty much locks up the division. If the Seahawks win, they guarantee themselves the division because they're two games ahead with one game left. Yeah. yeah. If if not, then, the, then they're tied with the Rams having the tiebreaker. So if the Rams yeah. win this, Rams, all they have to Rams play the Cardinals lose. next week. Yes. Yeah, so if they can beat the Cardinals next week, they control their own death. Or of course, and the Seahawks, if the Seahawks play the Niners. So oh, so the Seahawks are probably going to win that. But if if the if the Rams win this one, they control their own destiny. If not, the Seahawks are going to win the division. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's move on. We have Eagles, Cowboys. It's a 49.5 point over-under. Uh, Eagles are 2.5 point road favorites. Now, this game has a ton of playoff implications. Ton. Because, well, they're two teams kind of battling it out for a potential spot in the playoffs as the 4-9 and 1 Eagles and the 5-9 and nine Cowboys sit a game and a game and a half behind the division leader, the Washington football team. Yes. So, so yes, yeah, so who do you think is going to win this game? Okay. So for this one, um I am going to take the Cowboys. Okay. And I know that this might be surprising, but somehow in some way the Cowboys have actually figured it out recently. Um you know, Somewhat. The, yeah, the Eagles are coming off a loss to the Cardinals, okay? That's, a, that's understandable. Cowboys are coming off a win to the Niners. Yes, the Cardinals are a better team than the Niners, but they're pretty close in terms of skill level. Um, the Niners actually beat the Cardinals this week. Exactly. So the Cowboys recently destroyed the Bengals. We don't need to talk about the week before that. Where but they got destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> um, the same goes for the Eagles, who were destroyed by the Packers um, that same week. So um, anyway... We're looking at two very inconsistent, very bad teams battling it out against each other. And it's a very 
tough call. You know, it's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's very tough to predict this, but the records, I don't know. I just think that the Cowboys have this slight edge. They're coming off a win. The Eagles are coming off a loss to two pretty similarly skilled teams. The Cowboys are five and nine. The Eagles are four and nine. The Eagles, they both have bad quarterbacks, I guess. You know, like they don't have a great quarterback situation. It's just, it's they're two very, very evenly matched teams. But I just think that the Cowboys have the slight edge over the Eagles, um, just in how they've been playing recently. Um, I know that the Eagles beat the Saints, but then um, the Cowboys beat the Bengals. So pretty much just an impressive kidding. But, you know, the Cowboys destroyed the Bengals. The Eagles beat the Saints without Drew Brees barely. So I don't know. It's going to be a very close one, but I'm just – I'm putting my faith in the Cowboys here. I think that the Cowboys – They've figured out how to put points on the board right now. Um, I mean, pretty earlier on, they beat the Vikings. Um, so it really all depends because the thing is, in their previous games, you know, they lost to the football team one time, 25 to 3. Then the next time, 41 to 16. They were losing. They lost to the Eagles before in their last matchup, 23 to 9. So they had that stretch after Dak Prescott got injured where they were like, they couldn't figure out how to put points on the board. But recently, they've been putting 30 plus points on the board, like pretty easily. So that is really telling to me that the Cowboys know something now that they didn't in the middle of the season, or they're just on fire or I don't know, but they figured out how to put points on the board. And that's a good thing. Meanwhile, I don't really think the Eagles have, they're still just consistently in the low twenties, you know, high teens, I'd say. They average average. 22 points per game. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think that with both teams having unremarkable defenses, the Cowboys are going to figure something out on offense. I don't know how they're doing it with such awful quarterbacks. But then again, um, you know, it's going to be a very close game. And it's really kind of a toss-up. But I just, in my mind, I think the Cowboys, I'm going like with what I have, which isn't a lot, but I think the Cowboys – just have a slight edge over the Eagles in terms of how good they are. Okay, now this game is really, really interesting. Now, I just want to say this for a second because so the the Cowboys and the Giants are 5-9. and nine. They're one game behind the 6-8 and eight football team. The football team uh, plays Carolina. Of course, if they win that game, uh, they have all but clinched the division pretty much. I believe, right? Because they would be they would have seven wins. Assuming the Giants lose to the Ravens, the Giants are gonna be five and ten. And this this game, the Cowboys could possibly stay in it with a uh with a win against the win against the football team. Um wait. Wait, no, sorry. The Cowboys could possibly stay in it. Sorry, if the Cowboys win out, hold on, I'm checking the tiebreakers here. Never mind. So if the if the football team wins, they're pretty much guaranteed the playoff spot because yeah. they would have seven wins. Even if the Cowboys win out, they don't have the tiebreaker against the Eagles. So, um, because the Cowboys won both head-to-head games. Now, or, or, sorry, against the football team. Sorry, I'm looking at the Eagles here. Um. 
So, anyway, it's just a very interesting playoff situation. Um, divisional games, you know, if the football team loses out, the Eagles – I mean, if the football team loses this game the Cow- and the Eagles win against the Cowboys, the Eagles and the football team play pretty much for the division. So, this – this division is going to be so interesting, and it's going to be amazing to see what happens. Uh, just because both all all of the teams in the division are still in it with only two weeks left, that's like never happens. So, anyway, back to the game. Um, Eagles pl- taking on the Cowboys. The Eagles look. Jalen Hurts is a much better QB than Carson Wentz is, and he knows how to run. He's a dual threat. He doesn't make stupid decisions and try and make a play out of nothing instead of just throwing the ball out of bounds. And the Eagles, look, they upset the Saints, and they looked good against the Cardinals. And the Cowboys have been playing – they played bad defenses in the Bengals and the Niners. And, yes, they won. I get that. But I'm I'm just going to make this quick. I'm going to take the Eagles because I think they have a better offensive situation than the Cowboys. The Cowboys – also, are uh, giving up 37 points on average uh, when they are at home, which they are this game. So I'm going to take the Eagles to win. I think they cover the spread because it's only two and a half points. Okay. Quick thing that I just want to point out. I'm not sure how important at home on the road stats are, especially given this season. It doesn't really make much of a difference, but whatever. Well, the ca- look, I mean, the Cowboys. It could um, just be attributed to their matchups, you know, like. They well, have to play better teams at home, but whatever. It doesn't matter. They, they are giving up 36.9 points per game at home, 25 points on the road. So, yeah, I know. But, the, yeah, but I that's, that's probably – okay, whatever. That's probably yeah, maybe you, to just – Although, matchups because you over should, the course – If it was – okay, if it was on the road where they were giving up more points, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's understandable. But it's at home. That just doesn't make any sense. That's just that's – Well, different. actually – most teams give up more points on the road on the on the road, but the cow. I mean, it's interesting because the Cowboys are one of the few teams that are not good at home. So it's well, yeah, it's, well no, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that being at home makes a difference. I think the difference is the teams that they happen to play when they're at home. But whatever, that's okay. That's yeah, we can look into that later. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. We spent too much time there. Uh, two more games left. We have Sunday Night Football. Uh, Titans taking on the Packers in Green Bay. Green Bay three and a half point home favorites. It's a 56 point over under the highest on the week. Wow. Now, Jackson, what do you think is going to happen? Okay. This is a very tough decision. But you know what? I actually feel pretty confident in taking the Titans. And, you know, my reasoning for this is just that I think the Titans are much more multi dimensional than the Packers. The Packers, in my opinion, are just kind of a purely offensive team. Whereas the Titans are much more well-rounded. Yes, their offense might kind of rely on Derrick Henry, but it works. You know, there's nothing wrong with having your yeah. offense rely on a guy if that, that actually works. So I am going to take the Titans with this one. Um, you know, when you look at recent games, yes, the Titans lost to this, a solid team in the Browns. Very good team. But they yeah. have been putting up a lot of points recently. And I think that that's good. You know, 46, 31, okay, against bad teams. 35 against the Browns. 45 against the Colts. Um, 30 against the Ravens. You know, like, they have been a pretty good offensive team so far. And I think that their defense is better than the Packers. In my opinion, 
The Packers, yes, they have a really, really good offense with a ton of firepower, but their defense just isn't really there. I think that also um, in the last game, they only scored 25 points against the Panthers, um, and they're a little inconsistent on offense. Um, while it's very good, well, well, their offense is very good, it's also very inconsistent. Um, not like from game to game, I'd say, but from quarter to quarter, even, you know? Like they might be really good one quarter, yeah. and the next quarter they're off. So that could prove a little bit of an issue against a really good team in the Titans. Um, you have to bring your all when you're playing um, another really, really good team. And I don't know. I just have more confidence in the Titans to do that than the Packers. I think that if the Titans can slow down the Packers on offense, then they, they're going to get the win. Because I think that the Titans are just a more well-rounded team. Um, they're not completely reliant on their offense to win games. So, you know, I, I'm going to take the Titans with this one. I also just think that the Titans recently have been playing better. They were in a little bit of a slump in the middle of the season. But after that, they have, they have really taken off and just had a bunch of really good games in a row, with the exception of um, their loss to the Browns. But um, – and then, you know, you look at the Packers, and it's like they've lost to the Colts um, in their last matchup with the Colts, whereas – Titans destroyed the Colts in the last matchup um, with them. And, you know, they're, it, it, they're just not, you know, they lost to the Vikings early on in the season. They're just not, in my opinion, the most trustworthy team. Like, they're, they're on and off. So I'm going to take the Titans at this one. I think they're just the safer pick, in my opinion. And while I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Green Bay Packers have a crazy offensive game and just, you know, blow the Titans off the map, I don't think that's going to happen. So... I'm going to take the Titans with this one. But again, with a game like this, it really all depends. It's tough to predict what the Packers are going to do because – and even what the Titans are going to do because it's, to put it simply, unpredictable. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I disagree. It's not unpredictable. Um, look, these teams, Green Bay, Tennessee, uh, two of the top three scoring teams in the league. Now, that is impressive. The Packers averaging 31 points a game, Tennessee 31.1. Mm-hmm. It's very, very interesting here. And, look, Green Bay, going into that Saturday game against the Panthers, had more touchdown uh, more touchdown drives. Yeah, they had more touchdown drives than punts wow. on the season. Which is, I mean, that's pretty incredible. Because usually you get, like, four Touchdown drives a game and like seven punts a game, probably. Four touchdown drives a game. No, less than that. Maybe like three. Three. Yeah. Three and like six punts a game. Yeah. Yeah. So Green Bay had more tu- more touchdown drives than punts. And well, that flipped during the game, but against the Panthers, where they didn't really have to do anything in the second half, Green Bay is an offensive machine. They are just unstoppable. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. Three people who are all somewhat in the MVP conversation, I believe. Aaron Rodgers is probably second right now in the MVP conversation behind Patrick Mahomes. And Tennessee has Derrick Henry, who is also kind of in the MVP conversation. He has been on fire. He has, uh, what is it, like almost 2,000 yards rushing on the season. He is just insane and... This Packers' rush defense is not good. I expect this game to go off the charts in scoring. I believe both teams put up around 40 points. Wow. But the Packers are... 
Thanks. But I just believe that the Packers, they just have, I mean, the, they're just better than the Titans are. The Titans, uh, they've been sort of inconsistent. They lose to the Browns. They okay. The Browns are lose to the Colts. Like 10 and 4. They sorry. The Titans are ten and four. Packers are eleven and three. And, and I mean, look, the Titans. Yes, they're good. I just think the Packers are a better team. I think they go to the Super Bowl this year. I think the Packers have more to play for. They're right now. Um, if they win, they're pretty much a shoe in for the for the bye because they'll be one game ahead of the Saints with one week left, and they have the Bears next week, which they're going to win. So the Packers have more to play for, and the Titans know they're in the playoffs. They doesn't really matter if they get the bye, if they get their division. Um, but yeah, I, I just I just think the Packers win this game. They're the better team, so that's why. Okay, well, kind of interesting because Asher basically said that the. Titans were more inconsistent, and I said the Packers were more inconsistent. But, you know. I think the Packers, Aaron Rodgers knows when he needs to put up a ton of points on the board. And he's going to do that uh, tomorrow night. And when the Packers score 50 points and they blow up the Titans, Jackson, just remember, I said that would happen. Okay? Okay, okay. Well, also, I think I would know when to put up a lot of points on the board, too. Whenever I'm playing football, but whatever. Um, yes, but okay. But whatever. Yeah. Um, moving on to the next game, we have the Bills, a much less exciting game. Bills versus. Yeah, Bills, Patriots. Yeah. We know what's going to happen. Bills are going to win. They're going to cover the spread. They're just, they're a good football team. New England's a mad football team. Josh Allen's going to win. Yep. Anything okay. else to say? No. No. Okay. So, yeah, let's move on. Um, now it's time for our NBA segments. So, uh, football fans, thank you. Goodbye. Uh, tune in next time we have an episode, I guess, if you want to stick around. Come listen right now to the NBA. Let's get into it. Um, we are predicting, if you didn't hear, the top five teams for the Western and Eastern Conferences. Uh, Jackson, why don't you start us off with the Western Conference in your uh, your world? Who's going to take those five slots. Yeah, okay. So, um, in my first slot, I have the Clippers, okay? Now, I know Asher's probably pretty mad about this because Asher is a Lakers fan. But I think that the Clippers figured it out. Um, I think – and keep in mind, this is regular season. This isn't, you know – Yes, gonna, this is regular season. This is regular season. I think that the Clippers have figured it out, and – the Lakers, in my opinion, actually are the better playoff team. Um, I think should it come down to something in the playoffs, the Lakers will, the Lakers will win, win this season. However, that's not that might not be the case because the Clippers infamously blew a three to one lead to the Lakers. Nuggets. And you know, it looks like they put Nuggets. it a little more. Um, there were some issues with Paul George, but hopefully those issues um are for the most part gone by now. Um, and you know. Paul George, I think people kind of forgot how good he can be, like, or just how good he is. Um, you know, last yeah. season, I don't even know what was going on. But um, this season, you know, they already beat the Lakers um, in the opener of the season for both teams. So I'm going to take them with the West. Um, now, 
I think that the Lakers are going to be the number two spot in the West because the Lakers are, you know, reigning champs, really, really good, two of the best players in the league, that nothing needs to be said here. Um, I already explained. I think the only thing that needs to be said is why the Clippers are above them, which is what I just explained. So the Lakers are really, really good. And yeah, they're just, they're just a really good team. So yeah. now for the third, um, the third seed. Now this is a tough one, but I'm going to go um, with a little bit of an interesting take. I'm going to take the Jazz. And this is because the Jazz have two of the brightest stars in the league or upcoming stars in Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Now, I know there were some issues with them due to COVID. Um, Donovan Mitchell was pretty mad at Rudy Gobert for, you know, touching the mics and giving Donovan Mitchell COVID. But luckily, both were asymptomatic and, you know, they seem to work things out. So... This has the potential to be a very, very good duo with Rudy Gobert just blocking everything on defense and Donovan Mitchell. Um, you know, we saw what he's capable of in the playoffs. He gets he's gotten better every year in his short career. So look for him to, in my opinion, I think he's gonna be in the MVP race this year. He has the capacity to drop 50 points on any given night. I think, you know, it kind of went um, you know, Michael Jordan. Then, uh, then Allen Iverson, then Dwayne Wade, then Kobe. Um, and now I think that it's Donovan Mitchell's turn to be that elite shooting guard who can just completely take over a game. So, um, I think that if the Jazz, if these, if this duo can be really good and some other players in the Jazz can step it up on offense, which I think will happen this season, look for the Jazz to be a very good team. Now, with the fourth, um, um, best team. Um, this is a tough one. I am going to um predict, and I know that this might sound um a little surprising as well, but um I am going to predict that the believe it or not, Kings are going to be Kings. I know the fourth best team this season. So you might be wondering, how is this possible? But look at, look at it this way. The Kings have three young players who are very good. They have Buddy Heald, who's looking like he could end up being, you know, an all-star level player. Darren Fox, who's been borderline all-star for the past few years. And Marvin Bagley, I know he's eh, like, he's, he's not a little disappointing to be honest with you, but he still is a, could be a good defensive force. And the Kings upset the Nuggets, I believe, who would have been my fourth pick um, as of late. Now, I know it's just one game at the beginning of the season, so it doesn't, it's, does, it's not very telling. And I may very well look back later on in the season and say, why did I pick the Kings to be the fourth in the West? But this is supposed to be interesting. So I am going to take a little bit of a hot take and say that the Kings are going to be the fourth spot. I think they're putting it together. Um, their young players are putting it together um, this season and they're going to um, make great things happen. Now, finally, for the fifth seed, I'm going to have the Nuggets. Now, the Nuggets... Okay, that's where you're making sense. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Asher. Um, the Nuggets, they are... They're just a really good team. Jamal Murray um, 
if he keeps up how he was playing in the bubble, he's going to give Donovan Mitchell a run for his one um, as, you know, best shooting guard in the West. Obviously, you know, James Harden. Uh, it, I wouldn't, I actually don't, I think it's very overrated. But anyway, um, Jamal Murray came out and showed that he can be a dominant player. Nikola Jokic, obviously, is one of the best centers in the league. I'm not sure if that's really super impressive in today's NBA because they're on a bunch of very, very good centers. But he's a solid player. And I don't know. The Nuggets, the Nuggets are a good team. They, they're not, they're not one of the, um, I wouldn't say that they're one of the the big teams that is going to win a championship. I wouldn't bet on them with that. I know on paper they look really good, but for some reason they just can't put it together. I think it might be defensive issues. Um, but, yeah, their defense is a little bit concerning, so I wouldn't say they're going to win a championship, but they're still definitely a very good team. Um, so, yeah, they're going to be my fifth seed. What about you, Asher? Okay. Yeah, just for reference, the Kings have not made the playoffs since 2006. Yeah, I know that. That's why I so, yeah, hot take. Very, very. Okay. Um, yeah, anyway, so I guess no surprise here. Number one, I'm going to take the Lakers because, look, they have it figured out. They um, they had, like, clinched the one seed going into the bubble. They were amazing last year. They, look, they're the, they have they have the two of the, you can't argue this, two of the top ten players in the league. Um, in LeBron James one, and Anthony One could argue two of the top five. Oh, well, I was just saying you can't argue yeah, that yeah, true, yeah, 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 probably two of the top five players in the league still yeah. with LeBron James, I think still. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely taking the Lakers to make the playoffs, and they're going to be the one seed because, look, over the course of the season, they're just, they're just so defensively firepower, and somehow they got better over the in the offseason. They added Dennis Schroeder, and... They got Marcus All and Montrezl Harrell, and they're just. I don't think that's how you pronounce his name, but okay. No, it is. I heard the announcer say it. It's no, true. it's Montrez. The, the announcers are wrong half the time. They, uh, <laughs> Montrez. I like they called James Wiseman, James Wasteman. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, but I know it's Dennis Schroeder. I thought it was Schroeder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe you. Yeah. Sorry. I thought you said I was wrong about Schroeder. No, 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 no. Anyway, they've added players. Montrez Harrell is the reigning sixth man of the year. Dennis Schroeder is, shooter. yeah, yeah. Shooter has been averaging uh, twenty. What was it? Twenty points per game last season. He's a he's a good third option. He's a replacement for Rajon Rondo. The Lakers are just really good. I don't have to really elaborate anymore. They're gonna make the playoffs definitely. They're top five. I'm taking them at number one. Maybe the Clippers take number one. Maybe the Nuggets. Maybe the I don't know. Maybe the Rockets do. It it doesn't matter. But um, so you wanted hot takes. I am going to go with someone that you, for some reason, left out of the top five in the West. I'm going to take Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic and the Mavericks to end up in the second seed. He's just unstoppable. They're going to get Porzingis back eventually, and the Mavericks are so good. And I think they are going to be dominant. I think they're going to be in the second seed, so I'm going to take them there. And now I have three slots left, and uh, it it pains me to admit this, but I think the Clippers are going to end up in the third seed. They have they have the second best duo in the league with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and they're just really really good. I'm taking them in the third seed. Jackson said 
all you need to know about the Clippers. Rewind a couple minutes to hear about what he said. Um, fourth seed. Now, I have two, slot, two seeds left. Um, the Nuggets are one of the teams I'm thinking about. The Trailblazers, the Jazz, the Rockets. Um, yeah, Damian Lillard. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. This is a tough, tough pick. Um, yeah, I'm going to hmm, – shoot, there are only five teams. Okay. I'm going to take the Nuggets with the fourth fourth seed. Uh, they just, over the course of the season, they know how to win a lot of games. They're just, you know, they're good. They're, they finished third last year. I think they finished fourth this year. They're, you know, Jamal Murray, Nikolai Jokic, they're both very, very good players. So they're probably one of the top five duos in the league. And so, Jackson, you said you wanted a hot take. Right, a bold prediction. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really know. I, I chose to do one. So okay, one. I'm gonna do one with my fifth seed. I'm gonna take a team that was left out of the playoffs for the first time in like 20 years. I'm gonna go with the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, okay. I believe Dejounte Murray and Demar Derozan and whoever they have. Do they have like Lamarcus Aldridge still on the team? Yeah, but he's not really like. Whatever. I don't know who they have. Greg Pop- They have Greg Popovich. He's like the Bill Belichick of the NBA. And so I'm going to take the Spurs. They looked good um, on Tuesday when they had the op- opening game. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Spurs. I just think they're a very, very solid team. The best coaching in the league. And, yeah, so they're going to – I think they eke in at the fifth, fifth spot. So, yeah. yeah, so the Spurs for me. Yeah, yeah, I think that those are fair picks. Okay, now I'm going to Eastern the Conference. What? Eastern. Oh, sorry, I said yeah. Eastern Conference. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now we're going to the East. Um, but the first seed I have the Celtics. Now, the Celtics, they're just a really good team. Even without Kemba Walker, it's looking like that might actually be a blessing disguised as a curse. Because, um, okay. yeah, I guess kind of switching around. But anyway. Because, you know, Kemba Walker is obviously a great player. But now, all of a sudden, Jason Tatum has the reins to, um, to the offense. And he is in control of what's going to happen. And Jason Tatum is a budding superstar. He's like, he remind, his game reminds me a lot like um, Kobe's. Except, yes, he's less skilled, but he's also 6'10". So, that's good. Um, he's also more of a team player. Sorry to all Kobe fans. Um, and obviously, I'm not saying he's a better player. I'm saying that Kobe's definitely a better player. But um, what I am saying is that um, even though he's not as talented, he still reminds me somewhat of him. And, you know, he's just a very – he's a very good scorer. Um, he can score on all three levels. Um, like, he's, he's going to be unstoppable this season. Okay. And I just think that I can trust him along with Jalen Brown – and, um, you know, Kemba Walker, when he comes back, and the defense of Marcus Smart, they're just overall a very good, primarily perimeter team. But Daniel Tice is pretty good um, defensively on the in- inside as well. So, you know, um, didn't go as far in the playoffs. They lost the hands of the Heat last time, but I think they're going to be better this year with the development of all of their players. Um, they were, they, you know, their players are, um, you know, getting older, figuring out how to play with each other, getting better every year. I'm going to take them with the one seed. With the two seed, I have the Bucks. There's no need to explain this. 
Bucks barely lost the Celtics on a miracle Jason Tatum bank shot recently, which was should not have happened because bank shot budget beaters are stupid. Um, no offense to all Celtics fans. But anyway, the Bucks are really, really good. Giannis is the best player in the league. Um, you know, even though they don't really have anybody else, they just have a bunch of floor spacers and Chris Middleton, who's, you know, pretty good, I guess. Like, like barely an all-star. They're still a really good team. Um, somebody's going to have to step it up if they're going to do better in the playoffs. But I think they finished, um, they've, for the past two years, I think, they finished, um, yeah, for the past two years, they have finished first um, in the regular season. So they're a yeah. very good regular season team. Somebody else needs to step up during the playoffs. But, you know, they, they are a very solid team, and I'm going to have them go number two. Three is, it might sound surprising, but it's really not, actually. Um, I'm going to have the Pacers. They were the fourth seed last season with um, a 45 and 28 record. Um, so, you know, they are just a team that has a bunch of solid players. DeMontis Sabonis, really, really good. Um, one of the best bigs in the league and getting better every year. Um, he, you know, he's a young player, just um, developing. Um, he's very, very good. What? He's very, very good. Yeah. Malcolm Brogdon. Um, it's just like a solid point guard who can run the offense really well. They got Victor Oladipo back. And if Victor Oladipo can return to his all-star shooting guard form, the, st- the, st- um, the sky's the limit for this team. Um, they, they, they could be like the Heat almost, like how the Heat were last season. They are just like, but better, to be honest with you. They're, they're just a really, really good team with a lot of really not, – not any one remarkable piece, although Demontis Sabonis could end up taking a massive leap this year, but a lot of really, really good pieces. So I think that they're just that they're just a very good team. Um, and they're gonna go at three. Now, with four, we have the Nets. Now I know that a lot of people are saying, oh, the Nets are the best in the East. I think they're overrated. Um, Kevin Durant, there's no arguing with him. He's very good. I I I do not like Kyrie Irving's game at all. He's just he gets the ball and he takes 10 dribbles, and then you know, it's 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 stupid. He completely ruins the flow of the offense, and that is going to be an issue later on. Kevin Durant's going to be mad because he's not getting as many touches. Um, Kyrie Irving is going to continue being a very inefficient player. And that's like, that's just a real issue. I think that Kyrie Irving, after he, after um, he left Cleveland, he just became this very, very, like just concerned with getting his highlights and getting his dribbles. And, you know, you can't run plays if you have a guy who's just going to take one unproductive dribble and then do a bunch of crossovers like to try to score every single time he gets the ball. That's, that's not, that's not how it works. So I think that the Nets are going to be overrated. Then again, they do have Kevin Durant, you know, and Kyrie Irving, I'm not going to argue. He's an all-star level player. So they're, they're going to be the fourth seed in the Eastern conference, but I think they're, I don't think this duo is going to work out very well, to be honest with you. Um, Now moving on with the fifth seed, we have the heat. So there's no need to introduce the heat. They are, you know, they made an incredible playoff run. Jimmy Butler is very, very good. And they just fit really, really well as a team. They could be even better this year, which is surprising to say, but if Bam Adebayo gets a more flushed out offensive game, that could be the missing piece. Um, And obviously Tyler Harrow is still developing, could end up being very, very good. And Duncan Robinson is just, you know, a solid, he's a floor spacer, but he's like a good one. He's a floor spacer who can put points on the board when he needs to. So- Yeah, so he's good. Um, but then again, the Heat aren't the best regular season team. They're like the opposite of the Bucks. Like they step it up in the playoffs, 
But in the regular season, you know, they're not always um, remarkable. I think that's partially due to the fact that Jimmy Butler is more of a playoff guy. Um, it's weird to say that a player performs better in the playoffs than you do the regular season. It's like, what were you doing during the regular season? But whatever. Well, I think, I think some players are just like, in the playoffs, it, it counts more. Yeah, and true. So the games, yeah. it gets a little monotonous. And the, the playoffs are where they really kick it into higher gear. Yeah, yeah, true. So the Heat are going to finish fifth. But they could end up being championship and champions. I think that if you're actually going to say, okay, who are the best teams on this list? Celtics, Bucks, Heat, definitely top three. Then the Pacers and that's are on a lower tier. But we're looking at the records, and I think the Heat, they're not the best regular season team for whatever reason. So that is my Eastern Conference lineup. Okay, so now I have to follow that up. Um, yeah, I have most of the same people, sorry, teams, but – I just don't. I just don't see what you're doing with your order there. Uh, I'm definitely. I'm taking the Bucks at number one. Look, they finished first the last couple of seasons. They are Giannis is the MVP. You can't. He's the reigning two-time MVP. He's going to win this year, probably, uh, barring an injury or a terrible performance. He's just unstoppable. He has Chris Middleton, who's also an All-Star. That's all they need, pretty much. The Bucks. They're a regular season team. It's it's the opposite of Jimmy Butler. They they choke in the playoffs and. They're going to finish with like 65 wins, and the Bucks are just really, really good. And they're going to finish in the first seed. So, yeah, that's, that's why that's why I have them there. But uh, second seed, now, you actually left this team out of your top five. I'm going to take the Raptors with the second seed. And you know why? In the last four years, they have finished, um, it was third first, second, and second in the Eastern Conference. Now, the Raptors are just like the Bucks, except they do better in the playoffs. And the Raptors, look, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, it doesn't really matter who is on their – Kyle Lowry, it doesn't really matter who is on their team. They are going to win games. And that's just what the Raptors do. I think that continues here. Look, Pascal Siakam is very, very good. People don't give him enough credit. Uh – Kyle Lowry is the team leader, and this team is cohesive. There's a lot of chemistry. It just gels very, very well. Now, those are my top two. I think there's a teardrop there. or there's a, there's a drop in the tier. Second tier, these next three teams. I have the Nets in the third slot. Now, the Net, it's just pure talent. They have Ky- Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. You can't really argue that. It's just two of the top well, I'm listening to a lot of people in the top five, but probably two of the top ten people in the league right now. And they're just really, really good. They proved that against the Warriors, I believe, but then they also followed that up with a victory against the uh, Celtics, a very, very dominating victory yesterday in Christ- on Christmas Day. And they're, they're unstoppable. They're going to finish in the third seed. However, I think it's a drop down from where the Raptors and the Bucks are. And that brings me to the to my fourth seed. Now, you took the Celtics at number one, and I hate the Celtics, but I have to give them a little bit of credit. They have some players. I don't really know who they are. I don't like to know about Celtics. They have Gordon, or not Gordon Hayward. They have um, Kemba Walker. Sorry, but he's out for a little while. But then they also have uh, Jason Tatum and someone else. I don't. I forget. I don't know. I don't like. I don't like the Celtics at all. I hate to admit it, but they're a good team, so they're going to finish fourth. Now, with the last spot, 
there are two teams that I think are right there. You have the Pacers and you have the Heat. Now, the Pacers, like you said it, the Heat are a postseason team. And the Pacers are loaded with talent. Uh, DeMantis Savone is the best power forward in the league right now, I think. Because power forward is a rarity. Power forward, um, too, yeah. Well, he's, I, I think he's listed as a power forward, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have him in a fantasy. He's a power forward. But anyway, um, yeah, the Pacers are just really good. TJ Warren, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, DeMantis Sabonis. It's just, the list goes on and on. They have depth. Uh, they play well together, and they're a really solid team. So I'm going to take them over the Heat because they are, are a, a regular season team, and the Heat are a postseason team. All right, fair enough. So, more or less, we have the same people in our top fives. Um, we varied by one for each. Um, understandably in the West, and also pretty understandably in the East. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's only at the beginning of the season, so we have nothing to base it on. If we if we did this in a couple weeks, they would be pretty much pretty similar because I think we would kind of know if a team like takes a leap or is falling back. Yeah, exactly. It's the yeah. beginning of the season. Nobody knows how players have improved in the off. I mean, it's actually been a pretty short off season, but then again, some teams haven't played since March. So, you know, like you really, you really yeah, exactly. know how guys have improved. What? Yeah, exactly. And that short off season, you know, maybe it benefits the teams that didn't really make any moves. Maybe, you know, maybe the teams that played recently, maybe all the bubble teams did did a lot better and like the Lakers and the Heat are going to do a lot better than other teams out of the gate because they played more recently. True. Or on the converse side, you could say, well, okay, like they didn't get as, because I think the off season is like, that's when the training happens. Yes. Exactly. Guys really take leaps. Like, like, you know, that, that's what people don't realize. The off season is where the real like work happens. The like yeah. the regular season, the actual season itself is just them showing what they've done. So, but then again, the people who did go deep and had a short offseason are the people who don't really need any work on their games. So, yeah, it's a it's a weird it's a weird uh, landscape. But I don't know. Maybe we'll do one of these in in a month or two and see what the difference is. Yeah. See. See. Like how well we predicted it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's going to do it for our predictions today. We covered all of the uh, 13 NFL games, and we disagreed on four of them. So the ever-going predictions record where I'm three games behind, I could pass Jackson today or this week. So you never know. Jackson could also create an insurmountable lead uh, winning all four of those. Yeah. So you never know. Uh, Yeah, so check our – Next podcast, probably Tuesday, maybe Saturday, but probably sometime during the week um, to see how that went. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for watching. Uh, sorry, not watching. Uh, I hate this part. Uh, thank you for listening. As always, uh, please leave a review. Tap the stars. It's a game. You try and tap all of them. So the key is to tap the right one, and it gives you five, and then you win. And nice. you get a thing of candy. Yes. It's very fun. No, uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks for watching. Um, We'll catch you next time. This has been your weekly sports breakdown. Goodbye. Bye.